Welcome to church, everybody. So glad you've joined us this weekend. All of our locations, hope you're having a great experience so far. We're in week two of a series where we're looking at five of the stories that Jesus told uh, that have the power to reshape how we view God and view our own lives. And uh, very glad that you're joining us this weekend. If you're new to the journey, wherever you land with spiritual things, this is a place where uh, you can come and experience what God has for you, and this is a place where we help people find Jesus and follow him fully. So I'm very glad you're here, and as we jump into week two of the series, as I usually do at the beginning of a message, I want to do a quick little poll, all right? So help me out here. How many of us in the room are detail-oriented, the detail-oriented people, all of our locations? Yeah, just show of hands, you're online, you can participate in this as well, just detail-oriented. You raised your hand at a very precise angle, you know, you, so you focus on uh, the little things. Sometimes if you're honest, you probably get a little too focused on the little things and miss the big things, right? It's okay, it's okay. We're detail-oriented. How many of us are more big picture? Show of hands, we're more big picture. So you don't sweat the small stuff. You don't even remember the small stuff sometimes, like where you parked or to text back. You know who you are. It's okay, it's okay. Some of us are big picture people. And then how many of us would say it just depends on the situation? Sometimes we, we're detail-oriented. Sometimes we're more big picture. That's me. I can be very big picture sometimes, but other times, if I'm honest, I get fixated on insignificant stuff. I just get a little obsessive about things, and I can get too down in the weeds. Have you heard that saying, too down in the weeds? It's it's a saying we use to describe what happens when someone gets so caught up in something that doesn't matter that they miss what does matter. They're in the weeds. And this is especially tough, this tension, how to manage when to zoom in and when to zoom out. When it comes to how we relate to the people around us, when it comes to doing life with and around other people, and especially for all of us who are taking steps to grow in our faith. So for those of us who have said yes to following Jesus as leader and Lord of our lives, and we're, we're, we're attempting to, to take steps and to grow in our faith, sometimes we struggle with this. How do we know how to respond when other people aren't living like Jesus says, right? Like what's our response supposed to be? How do we know when we're supposed to have an opinion about that and express it, and when we're supposed to maybe zoom out and and leave some space. So that's what we're going to talk about uh, this second weekend of the series. Last week, we saw that Jesus' stories, especially the parables that we're looking at from the book of Matthew in the New Testament of the Bible. So that's where we're hanging out during this series, first book of the New Testament. And one chapter in particular, Matthew 13, where there are these, these parables, these stories that Jesus tells. And sometimes, as we saw last weekend, they can seem confusing at first. Not necessarily what Jesus says but why he's saying it to us. And that could certainly be the case with this particular story about the wheat and the weeds. Here's what Matthew writes. Here is another story Jesus told. The kingdom of heaven, the rule and reign of God, he says, is like a farmer who planted good seed in his field. But that night as the workers slept, his enemy came and planted weeds among the wheat, then slipped away. When the crop began to grow and produce grain, the weeds also grew. The farmer's workers went to him and said, Sir, the field where you planted that good seed is full of weeds. Where did they come from? An enemy has done this, the farmer exclaimed. Should we pull out the weeds then, they asked. No, he replied, you'll uproot the wheat if you do. Let both grow together until the harvest. 
Then I will tell the harvesters to sort out the weeds, tie them into bundles and burn them, and to put the wheat in the barn. Now, we don't have to understand everything that Jesus is talking about yet to be able to feel what the workers feel, right? Let's pull up the weeds. I mean, we can identify with that. How many of us have seen weeds, you know, out on the sidewalk or in the mulch? Or we've tried to plant beautiful shrubs or flowers. All of a sudden, there are weeds. How many of us have even thought, who did this? An enemy must have done this. I'm trying to grow good things here, and all of a sudden, here are these weeds. It's like they show up just overnight. They start to take over. So we feel what the workers feel. We've come to the farmer. If we were in this situation, we would say the same thing. Let's pull up the weeds, man. Let's get the field back to what it's supposed to be. Perfect, pure, pristine, ideal. Let's get rid of these weeds. And if you're like me, you probably felt that way in your life. I have had some weeds in my life that I would really like it if God would just let me pull them up, help me pull them up. I've had anxieties that I've struggled with, and I thought, God, this doesn't belong in my life. Can I just get rid of it? Just pull it up. Struggles in my family that I didn't go looking for, wondering, are we ever going to get to the other side of this, God? This can't be right. This doesn't belong. Stuff in my life that I don't understand and don't want to deal with anymore. Any of us have anything like that? And then let me go one layer deeper. It's not just stuff. Sometimes I have people that I don't understand and don't want to deal with. Anybody else? Anybody else? And I'm just like, you know what? Let's pull them up, God. Let's just pull them up. What do you say, God? We don't need these people anymore, God. Let's just let's pull them up. How many of us just honestly have ever felt that way? And yet the farmer says something so interesting when his workers come to him and ask him, very logically, hey, can we just pull up these weeds? The farmer says, no, you can't do that. Because you'll uproot the wheat if you do. What if some of what's in your life and who's in your life right now has to stay there longer than you'd like? Because if it or they got pulled up right now, it would interrupt what God is working to do in you. What if? Just like last weekend, Jesus tells this story, wheat, weeds, it's confusing, not what he's saying necessarily, but why he's saying it, and then he moves on. For the crowd, the story ends. That's all they hear about the wheat and the weeds. But just like last weekend, then leaving the crowds outside, Jesus went into the house and his disciples said, please explain to us the story of the weeds in the field. We think there's something more going on here, God. We, we, we want to know. We're, we're leaning in, Jesus. We want to hear what's really happening in this story. Jesus' disciples want more. They're really listening. They're leaning into their faith in Jesus. So I have a question for you this weekend. Wherever you land with spiritual things, here's a question, here's a question. Are you a disciple of Jesus? Are you a disciple of Jesus? Not like one of the original 12. You're not. Neither am I, just to be clear. I like one of the guys, like Matthew is one of the original 12 disciples. The guy who writes this, the disciples who come to Jesus in this moment that Matthew describes, they're, they're part of the original 12 that he called. That's not what I'm asking. I'm asking, are you a modern day disciple of Jesus? You say, well, how would I know that? It's actually simpler than we make it. 
A disciple is just someone who follows someone else very closely, listens to what they say, and patterns their life more and more after that person. So let me ask you again, are you one? And some of us would right away say, no, I'm not at all. I'm, I'm not really sure what I believe about Jesus. I'm kind of skeptical. Maybe I'm curious. I'm trying to figure it out, but I'm not there yet. And if that's you, thanks for being honest. And that's okay. Keep coming back. Maybe the moment will come in your life where you face that decision and you decide by God's grace that you want to be a disciple of Jesus. You want to begin following Jesus. But maybe you're not there yet. But others of us might feel a little conflicted. We might feel a little uneasy with the question. So let me be clear. I'm not asking, are you doing a good or bad job of being a disciple today? Okay, I don't know what the drive here was like for you. So I'm not asking, are you a good disciple or a bad disciple? I'm just asking, ultimately, are you one? And I'm asking that of myself. Mark, are you a disciple of Jesus? Are you following Jesus, put it this way, when Jesus says something that we don't necessarily like or understand, do we explain it away or do we lean in and ask him to explain it more? That's the difference between someone who is a disciple and someone who is not yet a disciple. With someone who's not yet a disciple, by the way, you may not be a disciple of Jesus, but you might be a fan. You might be like, I think Jesus is awesome. I love 63% of what he says. That might be your perspective. That's okay. Just own it. I'm not yet a disciple. But for all of us who are disciples of Jesus, when Jesus says something we don't like or understand, our posture is to lean in and say, Jesus, would you tell me more about that? I don't necessarily think I like it. It's messing with me. It's rubbing me the wrong way, but I really want to understand more because I have decided to pattern my life after you, to embrace your way of life in this world. So Jesus leaves the crowds outside, but for the people who want to learn more, for the disciples, he explains the story. I want to be very clear about this. If you would say, I'm not yet a disciple of Jesus, totally understand that. Glad you're here. Keep coming back. You just need to know that everything we're about to talk about, where Jesus explains the story, is, is aimed at disciples. If you're not one yet, uh, you can certainly listen in. I would recommend actually take what we're about to talk about, um, take it to school or work this week, find somebody you know who is a Christian and ask them why they're not doing this. I, always, I just think that's fun. They just go, hey, I went to church this week and I heard some things that I'm pretty sure you're not doing. I know why I'm not doing it. I'm not a Christian, but I think you said you were. I just think that's a fascinating conversation, okay? So for all, <laughs> just being serious. Okay, so for all of us who are disciples of Jesus, he leaves a crowd outside, he goes into the house, and the disciples say, we want to learn more. Jesus says, okay, if you're leaning in, then let me explain the story. The son of man, which is the way Jesus often describes himself. He's the son of God, he's, he's God, he's divine, and yet he's also the son of man. He's human like us. And he says, I'm the farmer in the story, and I plant good seed. The field is the world, and the good seed represents the people of the kingdom. It represents the people who have come under the rule and reign of God. They're embracing my way of life in this world. So I shared last weekend that I am not good at growing plants. I have the thumb of death, okay? I do. I'm not good at growing things. Plants, 
cringe when they see me coming. I don't know why it is. I've tried. just cannot grow things. But somehow my daughter uh, has the gift. I don't know how it happens. She's the opposite of me. And so our home is actually full of amazing plants. I have nothing to do with them. Our daughter has cultivated, grown all of them. It's one of the reasons we have not let her move out yet, because we're afraid she'll take the plants with her. We, we like the plants. But uh, we have a fiddly fig. Some of you know what a fiddly fig is? I did not know until my daughter explained. It's the name of a plant, by the way, a fiddly fig. It, does, it doesn't look like a fiddle, doesn't have any figs, but it's a fiddly fig. We have a monstera. We have a monstera plant in our house. We have a mother-in-law's tongue, which my mother-in-law is often very suspicious of. We have all these plants. I didn't know what any of these were until my daughter explained them to me. But here's what I realized. My daughter is like Jesus. She plants good things, and they grow, and they flourish. may take a long time, but Jesus is very patient. So he plants good seeds, cultivates, he nurtures, he fertilizes, pays attention. Jesus says, I'm the farmer in the story. I plant Seeds, if you're kind of wanting to know, what is Jesus like? He's like a farmer who plants a lot of seeds. He says, I start small, but I see the potential of what people can become. And he says, I look at some people that the world has written off, but I see potential in them. So I plant seeds. I plant moments. I plant conversations. I plant experiences. And over time, those turn into people who believe in me and begin to listen to me and follow me in this world. And the field is the world. He says, I plant people in this world, good people. Not good just because they only do good things and don't do bad things. Good because, Jesus says, they belong to me. They're my disciples. So I plant them in this world, and they are the wheat the wheat in this world, Jesus says in my story, is the good seed that I have planted. And it may have taken a long time, but they grow up and begin to flourish. And they have a positive impact on the world around them for me. And they make a difference in the world because I planted them. That's the wheat. But then he says this, the weeds are the people who belong to the evil one. The enemy who planted the weeds among the wheat is the devil. So Jesus says, devil's in the details. He's in the weeds. The weeds weren't wrong when you looked around at your life and thought, who, who did that? doesn't seem like that belongs here. That dysfunction, that brokenness, that situation, you weren't wrong. An enemy has done this. That got intense fast, didn't it? And uh, the crowd, remember, does not hear this part. Only the disciples do. Jesus says, if you're going to be a disciple, I need you to know that there's something happening below the surface in this world. Everything's not exactly as it seems. There's something bigger going on. Now, what does that mean? Does it mean that anyone who doesn't believe in Jesus is partaking in satanic rituals and has made a deal with the devil? Not necessarily. But what it does mean is that all of us ultimately belong somewhere with someone. And we may not like that. We may not, oh, no, 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 I don't belong to anybody. I am my own person. I do not belong to anybody. That's not what Jesus says. Jesus says at the end of the day, there are weeds and there's wheat. And the wheat belongs to me. I planted it. And the weeds belong to the evil one. They're not connected to me. 
So, how many of us know some weeds? How many of us know some weeds who have first and last names? How many of us have worked for, lived near, been related to, dated, or been married to someone and thought at some point in the relationship, I'm pretty sure you belong to the evil one? Tougher question. How many of us who have put our faith in Jesus have acted at any point in our lives since putting our faith in Jesus? like we might belong to the evil one. Jesus says, I plant seeds, and those seeds are the lives I am changing through the good news about me. But the devil plants weeds, and those weeds are people he's manipulating. They may not even be aware of it. He's manipulating their emotions and decisions and priorities and worldview through bad news that is not about me. And Jesus knew that some of us would hear that. And just like the workers in the story, we would go, we got a solution. Let's pull up the weeds. I mean, it's very clear, Jesus. They belong to the evil one. Let's pull them up. Let's let's deal with these bad boys. Let's get this situation taken care of. Let's get this field back to what you intended it to be, pure, pristine. I mean, let's call it out. Let's call out the weeds, Jesus. We can do this. Like, that's a weed. They're a weed. Neighbor two doors down, weed for sure a weed. (laughs) Didn't say they were growing weed. I said they're a weed. (laughs) Different situation. Stay with me, church. But some of us go, okay, Jesus, we get it. There are weeds, and they're they're planted by the evil one. Let's pull them up. I mean, let's spend the rest of our lives in this world just making it clear who's wheat and who's weed. Let's just just make sure very, very clear. It's just, that's wheat, that's a weed. And Jesus says, no, can't do that because you will uproot the wheat the same time. Apparently, God is not calling us to be weed whackers. That in our relationships with other people, God is not saying, okay, here's what I want you to do. I want you to wake up every day and boom, boom, boom. my weed whacker sound. <laughs> That's not necessarily accurate, but it is entertaining, so you're welcome. But Jesus is not calling us to do that, to go into our relationships and say, okay, I'm going to mow that down. I'm going to trim that back. I'm going to point that out. I'm going to make sure that it's very, very clear. Why? Because pulling up weeds like that too often uproots wheat at the same time. And you and I don't always know the difference. Jesus does. He's, he's like, I... No mistake in my mind, I know the weeds from the wheat. But we don't always know the difference. In fact, if you've read the New Testament of the Bible, this used to mess with me years ago. I didn't really understand it. But there is a place in the Gospels where Jesus says, if you are not for me, you are against me. And then there is another place in the Gospels where Jesus' disciples come to him and they're like, hey, we got some people over here. I don't know, they're, they're trying to like do miracles and stuff, but they're not connected to us. What should we do? And Jesus says, if you are not against me, 
you are for me. Hold on. I mean, I only got a C plus in English, but that doesn't seem to add up, right? This idea of if you're not for me, you're against me, and yet Jesus on another occasion can say, if you're not against me, you're for me. What does that mean? It means that Jesus is not measuring perfection. He is measuring direction. So Jesus says, and he said this, you can read in his teachings, he met people like this. He says, there are people who on the outside appear to be for me. They go through all of the religious rituals and they act very holy on the outside, but on the inside, they're rotten. They are not for me, so they are actually against me. But then he says, there are other people that you, if you looked at them, you might write them off because their lives have not yet measured up to my way of life. But I look inside of them and I see that they are moving in my direction, and so I say that they are for me because their heart is leaning into me, and eventually they will look like me, whereas the people who on the outside made a pretense of looking like me, it will be clear in the end they were not like me. So we don't always know the difference. Now, some of us may be getting a little bit nervous right now, and I get it. We might be thinking, okay, what are you saying? Do you mean we don't have boundaries? We don't speak the truth in love when needed? Uh, No, not at all. This just means thinking twice about what and who we think it is our job to pull up. Because we don't always know the difference. How many people have given up on church because the one they went to assumed it was their job to correct every error and call out every issue immediately? And wheat got pulled up with the weeds. And I know there is a danger on the other side because some of us hear this and go, I know, that's, you're exactly right. That's the problem. That's why I never say anything about my faith. <laughs> I just go along with whatever anybody else thinks. That's a different problem. Here is the right but difficult path. Listen, for all of us who, who desire to be disciples of Jesus, here's the path. Stay true to the teachings of Jesus, but allow space for wheat and weeds to grow together. And when we do need to speak truth into someone who's gotten off track, we are gentle and humble and wise and as private as possible so we don't uproot wheat in the process. Jesus is telling us how to do life with each other, and here's what he wants to know. Will we focus our lives on resenting weeds or resembling wheat? In other words, are we going to live the rest of our lives calling out the weeds? Weed, that's a weed, you're a weed. Or are we going to spend the rest of our lives leaning in and listening more and more closely to Jesus so that we can reflect him in this world? And we do have to make a decision. So let me ask it again. What if some of what and who is in your life right now has to stay there longer than you'd like? Because if it or they got pulled up now, It would interrupt what God is working to do in you. And what if what Jesus actually desires is that we would be faithful to what he's teaching us, not just quick to write off everyone we think is getting it wrong? What if? So here we do life together in what we call J groups, small groups of people connecting and growing together. Uh, throughout the week. And for all of our J group leaders this fall, I'm very grateful for you and proud of every single one of you. And uh, Susie, my wife, and I went to our group this past Friday night, had a great experience. And I'm grateful for all of you. For all of you who are showing up for a group, I'm proud of you. I know for some of us, it, it takes some times, like it's a little bit of a hurdle. 
to make that move, and I'm proud of you. And if you're not in a group yet, it's not too late. Fall semester groups just started a couple of weeks ago. I encourage you, get connected in a group. Don't put off such an important decision. But here's what I want you to know, that when you show up for a group this week, there will be some wheat in that group. But there may also be some weeds. We say around here, we are real church for real people. So what do we do in that situation? We don't have to compromise our faith in Jesus. We just focus on being wheatier. So the weedier the world gets, the wheatier we get. That's kind of silly. Yeah, but you'll remember it. We focus more and more on living our lives for Jesus in this world. And we remember what Jesus taught. Let both grow together. Jesus said that. It doesn't mean that we, that anything goes. It means that if we point out someone else's sin, what's keeping them from God, or faulty thinking, we do it gently and humbly. And here's another reason that matters, because for all of us who are followers of Jesus, myself included, sometimes we act like weeds. And you know what we need in that moment? We don't need someone to pull us up. We need someone to help us up back to where we need to be in God. And aren't you grateful God doesn't pull us up when we act like weeds? He creates space and grace. He does not compromise his truth but he creates space and grace for us to grow. Let both grow together. Don't be too quick to judge. And if we just stop there, that would be enough. That would be important. But Jesus actually doesn't stop there. There's one more piece to this I want to share with you before we wrap up. Because for all of us who are thinking, yeah, but if we don't pull up the problems and the problem people now, how will things get worked out? Jesus explains a little more. He says, the harvest is the end of the world. And the harvesters are the angels. Just as the weeds are sorted out and burned in the fire, so it will be at the end of the world. The Son of Man will send his angels and they will remove from his kingdom everything that causes sin and all who do evil. And the angels will throw them into the fiery furnace where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Then the righteous will shine like the sun in their father's kingdom. So anyone with ears to hear should do what a disciple does. Listen. And understand. You may not be sure you believe in Jesus yet. And even if you do, you may not like what he says here. But Jesus does not finish this story by saying, don't pull up the weeds and then leaving it at that. Instead, he assures us, listen, the day will come. This world will end. And all of the weeds will be pulled up. So God gives space and grace. One day the space and grace will run out. And all of us, you, me, everyone we know, will end up where and with whom we made it clear in this life we really belong. But now is the time 
when wheat can still become wheat. You say it doesn't work that way in the plant world. I know, weeds cannot become wheat in the plant world. But it does does work that way through the power of Jesus in the human world. This is what Jesus came to do. He came to die and rise again so that weeds could become wheat to change lives. Listen to me very closely. I know you look at this world and your spirit is troubled because of all the weeds. You're not wrong. An enemy has done this. You're not wrong. It shouldn't be this way. Jesus says, I promise you, be patient and keep your eyes on me. And the day will come when I will bring justice and truth. And all who trusted in and followed me in this world will shine like the sun. So in the meantime, will you focus your life on resenting the weeds or resembling who I've called you to be? The wheat, the disciples. Because there are some weeds that are still being given a chance to change. Don't pull them up. And this is why we do life the way we do in this community of faith. It's why we gather, connect, and serve here. We are focused on resembling wheat. And as we connect with and serve people without diluting the message of Jesus, God works through us so that weeds can become wheat. And it's happening. All of our locations every week, people are finding Jesus. And they're leaning into their faith. You say, but it's taken them longer to grow than I'd like. You know, some of the largest, tallest plants in the world take the longest to get there. Don't pull up the weeds. Let both grow together. You say, but how do I stay true to both the big picture of trusting Jesus and yet not lose the details of my faith in Jesus, things that really matter? How do I give space for people who who don't see it the way that I see it and the way that Jesus shows it and yet stay faithful to him? Here's how you listen to Jesus And the darker the world gets and the noisier the world gets, the more you tune your ear to the voice of Jesus. You listen and you understand that he's calling you to be his disciple in this world. Live with humble devotion to Jesus. Don't get too down in the weeds. Don't pull away from a broken world and become just another angry weed whacker. Don't throw in the towel on your faith 
and become just like the weeds. Listen to Jesus. Lean into your faith. Grow. Reflect Jesus in this world. So what does that look like for you? Maybe for some of you, it's to come to Plugged In this weekend and become a part of this community of faith. And if it's not here, find a church that proclaims the good news about Jesus and get plugged in there. If you say, well, how do I know this church will be perfect? Let me settle that for you right now. It won't be. You'll encounter wheat and a few weeds. Let both grow together. Show up for your J group this weekend. Don't come loaded with opinions. Just come full of Jesus. Ready to listen and understand. And finally, if there are some weed-like things in your life, don't brush past that. Don't ignore it. But don't give up hope either. Run to Jesus for forgiveness and grace. Don't explain it away. Invite Jesus to explain it more. And if you would say this weekend, man, I received that. I want to be a disciple of Jesus. Would you just lift your hand all over the room, all of our locations online? I want to be a disciple of Jesus. Jesus, we love and honor you. Feels like we're in a holy moment with you right now. Some of us, our hearts have been so heavy. Maybe even looking around at people we're close to and we love and we see them living their lives in ways that don't honor you. And we've wrestled. And Jesus, you're, you're reassuring us today. First of all, you're saying all the wrong things will one day be made right. And then second, you're saying... Don't give up. I can change weeds into wheat. It's not too late. And Jesus, there are others of us that we thought the answer was to just give in to the world around us until there's no difference between us and a broken world. Would you call us back to you today? Restore our hearts. Forgive us. Renew us, we pray. And while you let Jesus speak to your heart for a moment more, what do you do if, if you're in the room, one of our locations, watching online right now, what do you do if you've realized, I don't belong to Jesus yet, but I want him? You put your faith in him. You can't change your life, but God can change your life. And if God is drawing you to him right now, then let the seed of this moment and this experience become the start of something new in your life. Put your faith in Jesus who died for you and rose again. And by his power, begin following him. And you can make that decision today by God's grace. I'm gonna lead us in prayer again. And if that's you, I want everyone just to join me. But if that's you today and you want to begin following Jesus right where you are, whisper out a prayer of faith, something like this. Jesus, today I believe in you. And I'm surrendering my life to you. 
Give me the power to live for you in this world. I can't do it on my own. I need you. Save me today. And if that's you, while everyone around you stays focused on God, if you would say, I want to be included in that prayer. I'm putting my faith in Jesus. Would you lift your hand as I hold it up high? Boldly. I'm putting my faith in Jesus. Trusting him with my life. Yeah, all of our locations, hold that hand up high. If you're online, you can type the word faith in the comments, whatever platform you're on. Make sure you share that with us on the Connect card before you leave today. But Journey, would you help me together? Can we give Jesus all our thanks and praise? Would you do that?